Hey, and welcome back to Ask a Monk. Today's question comes from Cthulhu Flux, who asks, Hi, I find it easy to be compassionate to beings that are weaker, less fortunate than me. Compassion is less forthcoming from me for those better off than me. I understand this is wrong practice on my part. How do I separate compassion from pity? Compassion from pity. Um... Well, first of all, as I said before in one of my videos, um, that there are really two ways of approaching the whole love, compassion, um, sympathy, and equanimity thing. Um, these are meditations in their own right, and you can practice them to develop these things if you feel yourself lacking in them. But they they are not considered, um, not in my in the tradition that I follow to be crucial um, or essential part of parts of the practice and the reason being that we look at it the other way <clears throat> um, the development of wisdom is the most important and a person who is wise um, necessarily has love compassion sympathy and, and equanimity these these states are the natural the natural state of being not in the necessarily in the active sense though they arise spontaneously in someone who is wise they they exist at all times in the sense of not um, not being angry or upset or cruel or jealous or disturbed so they they exist in in their neutral state of being always friendly of of um, being always helpful and so on so <clears throat> they, they they spring naturally and and in their active state as well for a person who is enlightened they, it comes easily it's very easy to be actively loving and kind and compassionate so as a part of the path or the development of oneself they should be used in tandem with insight meditation. I wouldn't ever recommend to just develop compassion or just develop loving kindness. If you're not developing insight, then you're still developing something based on delusion and it's going to, um, it, it's just going to lead you around in circles. At best, it can lead you to a, a very focused and calm state of being. It can lead you to be a, a, a kind and, and compassionate being on a conventional level but for a temporary period of time it's not based on wisdom whereas with wisdom you you, you never these things never go away so I would I, I, just to get that clear I've said that before but um, you don't have to worry so much about your inability to develop compassion because it comes naturally through the development of wisdom that's much more important okay but it can be a useful addition um, a practice that we use and and it's imp it's important to understand compassion since it is a quality of mind of wise people so your observation that it's easier to be compassionate towards beings who are weaker or less fortunate than you is correct and that's according to the texts um, one of the texts that I always um, draw my answers from, or uh, quite often draw my answers from, is this book. Uh, it's called The Path of Purification, and there's the author. This edition, it, it's an ancient text, it was written 
they say about uh, 1500 years ago and it's based on even earlier sources uh, this this edition is printed in Taiwan by these guys and uh, it's distributed for free now as a monk they send me a whole bunch of them but I don't know how if whether they'd send these to ordinary people or, or how that works but it's the corporate body of the Buddha Educational Foundation and I recommend this book for a lot of the questions that I'm being asked, um, you know, for if you have these sorts of questions that are to do with early Buddhism or, or orthodox uh, basics of Buddhism, then this is an excellent book. So in this book, it talks about the four states, these four states of compassion, and um, let's see if I can find it here. The, they, they, have, um, they have their limits and they have their, um, I'm not going to find it here. Yeah, here we are. Okay, so compassion, for someone who wants to develop compassion, the, the first thing they should do is uh, focus on someone who is suffering. This is correct. This is because it's easy. Now, it doesn't mean that compassion is, is this feeling of pity towards a person, but this, this seeing someone suffering is the easiest way to, uh, to evoke these feelings. It's because it's natural in us, because it's something that is very easy. If you see someone, and here's the example, um, you, someone who is uh, unsightly reduced to utter misery with hands and feet cut off sitting in the shelter for the helpless with a pot placed before him with a mass of maggots oozing from his arms and legs and moaning compassion should be help felt for him in this way this being has indeed been reduced to misery if only he could be freed from the suffering because here it's really easy to see the person suffering and it's really easy to give to understand and to feel pity for the person now this is only one part of what the meaning of the meaning of the word compassion and the text goes on to talk about how you can evoke the same feelings towards someone who is not suffering um, very easily to evoke it towards someone who is um, who, who is an evil person who is, generally it that's generally someone who is is um, unpleasant someone who you don't like someone who is undear to you someone who you who you have a problem with and you think you know they're doing all sorts of terrible bad things and in that, for that sort of person, it's also quite easy, it's relatively easy to develop compassion towards them. You'd start with someone you love, but eventually you develop it towards someone you don't like. Because you know that in the future they're going to fall into suffering. But this is not the essential quality of compassion. Compassion is, is um, arises, its characteristic is promoting the aspect of allaying suffering it function, its function resides in not bearing other suffering and it's manifested as non-cruelty so the, the manifestation, the way compassion appears or, or the way it expresses itself is by not being cruel and this comes about through understanding suffering when you when you see someone who's in terrible amount of suffering you say yeah I get it and you know I've suffered and I understand 
these coarse types of suffering. But when you practice insight meditation, this is why it's so important to have it um, have it develop it in tandem with with insight meditation. You, uh, you you are able to understand much more clearly what gives rise to suffering. So when you see someone who's doing evil deeds, you you feel pity for them because you know that what they're going through. And moreover, because you've experienced suffering, you don't wish it for anyone. So your actions reflect this. Your speech reflects this. You wouldn't want to do something that gives rise to suffering in others. And this is the most important part of suffering. This non-cruelty. It's an. It's actually a negative state. It's. 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 I mean, in the sense of of not being an expression. It's the absence of something. The absence of cruelty. Whenever you speak with someone, it's free from the barbs, it's free from the poison. You never have this desire to hurt other people. It's, uh, and this is what I meant by enlightened people. Um, though not always constantly uh, working to alleviate people's suffering, they have compassion uh, in the sense of not wanting to hurt others. And so even if they don't do anything, they have this, at the times when they're sleeping, at the times when they're they're not involved with other beings, they still have this sense of not wanting to, to hurt others. There's this absence of, of the, the desire to hurt others. So, what you're really trying to accomplish here, when you look at someone who's suffering, when you, um, when you think of someone who, who's doing evil deeds or so on, is this state of non-cruelty, to get to the point where you would never want to hurt other beings, where you're never, no longer angry when when people do other things, you feel sorry for them. You know that they're going to suffer. And you never feel irritated and you never feel cruel. You never want to hurt others. This is the meaning of, of, of what is compassion. And it comes directly from wisdom. So uh, rather than trying to develop it as, you know, as according to this book, which it does give you very detailed um, a method, uh, in terms of its development, I would recommend as a higher practice to develop wisdom and to, to to give up cruelty, to be able to be free from cruelty. And, and in that way, whenever you, you see people suffering, because of your understanding of suffering and your your natural aversion towards causing suffering in others, you will you will shy away from um from, from hurting others and you'll you'll feel compassion right away and want to help people be free from suffering because you understand it, because you've experienced it and uh, because you know how you have a very keen sense of the the, the truth of suffering okay so um, uh, so so in, in this sense it's it's no the the state of compassion has no bearing on whether someone is bad off someone is well off it's a state of of uh, non cruelty a state of in wishing to help people who are in suffering and not wishing to hurt people who are not. Um, it's our interaction that is totally in harmony and is free from this this evil evil that that is for most of us a reality where we do hurt other people, where we do try to get the better of them, where we um, do things that are going to cause them suffering, sometimes just out of absolute cruelty, sometimes because we want something and we're not afraid to um, to hurt others to get the things that we want. So. And that is my understanding of compassion, and I think it's very much based on the the, the truth of of meditation practice. Okay, thanks for the question. Keep practicing.